Ashley Brock reading Diane Palmer's book, Low List, Chapter 6. Christina Bell and Greyer were so involved that they didn't notice Jelly until he pulled out a chair noisily and straddled it beside them. They both glanced at him with surprise. Her heart jumped, but she tried to hide it. He was angry, very angry. What have I done now? Christina Bell asked with stunned carelessness. Studied carelessness. He glanced What did you say to Tippy? She was in tears when I left. She was too unsettled by the bold question to answer it. Cash wasn't his dark eyes flash. Chrissy didn't say anything to her. She came up and started flirting with me, and I snubbed her. He told her, I don't like models. If she was upset, it was my fault, so don't blame Chrissy. Judd's eyebrows were, what do you have against her? Nothing personally. Stared at Cash with open curiosity. Had to bring her back to the hotel in town. She couldn't work. The assistant director is furious. Damn, I really hated for him. Cash said without infliction, his face on. You can tell him for me that I don't ponder to the eagle spoiled brats of my any age. He got Chrissy. I'll run you back to the ranch. I want to follow up on this leap. She stood up, caught between Cash's anger and Judd's agitation without a way to turn. She wished that she'd brought her own truck with her. You can ride back with me, Judd said, and save Cash a trip. Great, she thought. I wouldn't have any lungs left by the time we get there. I'll be pickled in that expensive perfume tippy where Charles Judd's vehicle was saturated in it. I don't mind driving her, Cash said pointing. Judd moved closer to the older man. He didn't blink. His wide brown hat was cocked low over one eyebrow, and there was aggression in every top line of his powerful body. He was spoiling for a fight. Cash knew it and had some had sense enough not to let it escalate. Okay, he said easy. Percy, I'll phone you next week and we'll take in a movie on my day off. Great, she's that good enough. Thanks for lunch. He said, I enjoyed it. See you, Judd. Judd nodded. Cash moved around him nonchalantly as if he didn't perceive the visual threat of Judd's stance. Chrissy knew he was upset. She supposed it was because of what Cash had said to his model. She picked up her small shoulder bag and sung it over her arm. Turned and looked down at her disprudently. You could have changed clothes before you came into town looking like that. Her eyebrows said, If you don't like the way I look, then you go out and move cattle and ride fence lines and check water holes and put one feed in muck out the stalls and he held up a hand inside him. I know we need more men. I don't like you happen to be one of them. I'm a rancher's daughter, she reminded I'm not doing anything I haven't done since Dad first put me on a horse. He searched her big dark eyes and noted the circles under them and the lines of straight in her face. They're getting on your nerves, aren't they? He asked. She didn't ask, have to ask who he met. I couldn't change clothes because they had my bedroom blocked, she said that way. I've already made the assistant director mad by leaving my books on the kitchen table. I had to put them back in the truck until he got his scene filmed. He didn't say anything, but steam was coming out of his ears. It's my house, and I have to have permission to use the bathroom. Of course, they're getting on my nerves. She took a slow breath. But we need the money, so everything's okay. He turned and went out. She followed him to his big black SUV. He waited until they were both inside, strapped into their seat belts before he started the engine and spoke again. Yes, we need the money, he agreed quietly. I hate to keep stressing that, but it's true. I want you to graduate before you start taking on more work, he glanced at her. 
His glance at her was eloquent. You should be going to parties and dancing and having fun like other women your age, instead of doing the dirtiest job on the ranch. I see, she nodded. You're encouraging me to commit adultery so that you can hit me around them when you divorce me. He hesitated at first time. Damn it. <laughs> she grinned, glancing over the fields as he drove. I'll make up for lost time when it's all legal. Meanwhile, I'll kick around with cash and keep it all low-key. Is it? She turned her head to him. Is it what? Low-key. Cash is my friend, Judge, she said. I know you think I'm disgustingly old-fashioned, but I took a vow, and I'm keeping it until I don't have to anymore. His eyebrows jerked. He hated the pleasure the statement gave him. She didn't care if she dated. He wanted his freedom. Even Tippy didn't threaten that, but Christian Bell did. She made him light up inside. When he was in the darkest mood, she could bring him out of them with a quip, with a grin, with that outlandish humor of hers. He'd never known anyone else who made him feel hope. The idea of losing all that to some other man made him uneasy. He kept dreaming about her in her leg day. He shrugged off. He shrugged off the idea. He wasn't opening that can of worms. He's recalling something Cash had said just before he left. What lead was Cash going to follow up on? Beats me, she said with her determined carelessness. He jerked out a pad, jotted something down, said he had to track down a lead. Oh, you still don't believe our bull was poisoned? He shook his head and glanced at her. Get Nick to work on the clover in the pasture that cost the lot. If we're going to feed grass cattle, it needs to be just grass. I will, she said. Beside him without speaking, wishing that she could talk to him the way she talked to Cash, he'd listen to her ideas, not brush them off, as if they were just so much dust. What do you think? Why do you think it was poisoned? He asked suddenly. She wanted to pour it all out, the cut fence, the pregnant heifers that almost got loose, what Hob had told her, what she told Cash, Fred Brewster's dead bull, but she had no real evidence and she didn't want to find herself watching Watched like a hawk every time she rode out along, alone from now on. She could investigate this. It wasn't a big deal. Besides, she rationalized. Judd had enough on his mind lately with that brutal, senseless murder he was investigating. She knew that he must have seen the victim. He was probably wearing on him heavily. Just something I heard, she said after a minute. It was probably just talk connected with the Clark brothers. They aren't well liked around here. Tell me about it, he agreed. Diverted, turned onto the ranch road, whipping up dust. They've been fired from half a dozen, dozen jobs in the past year. They don't stay anywhere long. Where are they from? She asked curiously. Haven't got, having a clue. That was something that might check on herself. She might check on herself. She toyed with the window button. Do you still have that old Mach 45 that's just 22 caliber ammunition? Yes. Why? How about cleaning it up and getting me some bullets for it? I've got a yin. Take up target shooting. Why? It's full of questions today. You're lacking in answers. Cash said he teach me to target shoot. She said, and hoped he wouldn't get her in trouble by asking Cash to confirm that lie. I like her teacher, he said. I'm a better shot than he is. I know that. But you're so busy lately. She almost bit her tongue for saying that. He was touchy about the investigation of the killing. He hated the talk shop with her, with anyone, because what he had to see was so gory. He didn't like having his sens sensitivities exposed. There was a long pause. I'm not trying to evade your privacy, she said at once. I know what you're having 
to help investigate and that you hate talking about it. I wasn't pride. I read an article about how hard it is for law enforcement people to handle homicides. I know it bothers you deep inside where it doesn't show. He looked at her intently as he slowed for a turn. His eyes went back to the, you know too much about me. He said explicitly. She shrugged. I've lived most of my life around you. You know what I'm I have to look at things that no human being should ever have to see. I'm a lawman. It shouldn't upset me. I should be able to handle anything that comes along. She nodded. That's in the article I read, she said unexpectedly. That's why it's so hard for law enforcement people to admit they need counseling or even talk to someone about things that bother them. You're all tough guys and gals. Shouldn't even dick you because you're made of steel. She turned in her seat as far as the seatbelt would allow and met his curious gaze. But you're not. Part of you is very human, and it hurts to look at people when they've been killed. It only means you feel compassion, not that you're weak. He seemed less strange. Stared out the dusty windshield as they approached the ranch. Like, of course, we both know that you can chew up ten penny nails. She had it with a wicked grin. He let out a chuckle as he braked behind the big truck that was permanently blocking the driveway and went around on the grass. I can't do that, she remarked once and as she saw the ditch barely two inches from the passenger side couch. I just know I'd run off into that gully if I tried. With that attitude, you would, and he pulled up to the front porch. It was strangely deserted. What is cash? Hate models, he asked. Her she hesitated, but her loyalty to Judd was stronger than her loyalty to cash. His stepmother was one, she told her. She split up his family. Tough, she nodded. He can chew up ten penny nails, too, she hollered. He didn't smile. His hand reached out and tugged at a long wisp of blonde hair that had escaped from her body. You should be wearing pretty clothes and hanging out at the mall. She made an insulting noise. Don't stereotype me. He got his eyebrows up. Was I? I thought young women your age liked those things. I like bulls, she said. Beautiful sailors bulls and young heifern bulls and cross-braid calves that other ranchers would envy. Raised organic. He shook his head. So do you, she pointed out. Maybe I do. Twisted the soft hair around his thumb and studied it. His whole face clenched. He hesitated, bro, until he saw a quiet compassion in her expression. His victim was just 25. He said, bro, she was pregnant. She was lying in the dirt off the highway in tall grass. She looked so alone, so vulnerable, so helpless, lying there nude except for a ripped blouse. She'd been stabbed repeatedly and mutilated as if the person who did it hated her femininity. I wouldn't have told her husband how bad it was, but the medical report, every gory detail, reported every gory detail. He ended up being sedated in the hospital. Ignoring the certainty that she couldn't, shouldn't touch him, and voluntarily her fingers touched the strong hand holding her hand. You'll catch the guy who did it, she said firmly. He cocked an eyebrow. Guy. She was found in a ditch. The crime scene was ritualistic. Her hair was haloed around her head. She was lying with her face up and her eyes open. Spread eagle position. There was a handful of dirt in her mouth. Everyone in law enforcement said that it had all the earmarks of a vengeful killing, as if the killer hated her. Could it be a serial murder? Most serial killers are white men who are in the ages of 20 and 35. Loners say, the Lord, he How do you know that? 
Cash has been keeping me posted and I read all about the crime scene. I like to read about profiling too, she said. And there are lots of these real life detective shows on TV about murders or solved. Since I know somebody in the business of catching crooks, it doesn't hurt to know a little. Hill. Not scared I'll come home in a box one night. Her fingers caressed his strong hand. You can take care of yourself, she said. You're quick-witted and you don't trust people, she said. But I do say a lot of prayers when you're working on a case like this. <laughs> he smiled tenderly. That's nice. She wiggled her nose. Just don't get shot, okay? Or if you do, get shot just a little. I'll do my best, he promised. She searched his black eyes. So my quality of life would dismiss without you. Even if you marry some hot shot international model. Both I was not married. Right. Dirty work. She moves fingers. God forbid you should ever put a ring that isn't attached to a grenade on something. She reached to the reached for the door handle. He caught her by the nap of her neck and pulled her face firmly but gently under. I'm already married, he whispered. Just as his hard mouth covered hers fiercely for a brief moment. He let her go and moved out of the truck while she was still recovering from the shock. He opened the door, lifted her down by the waist, holding her in front of him for a few smaller seconds. Don't get you involved with Ryer. We're not going to be married for much longer, but I'm still going to feel re responsible for you. Ryer is a real hard case. He's got a history I can't tell you about. You'd have a better chance of domesticating a wolf. The part about not being married much longer was disturbing. She tried not to react. What was he saying? Something about Ryer? Cash is my friend, she said. He's doing a long breath. He's my friend, too. Sort of. Just don't get too close to him. He's not quite what he seems. She smiled up at him. Okay. His eyes searched hers hesitantly. They fell to her mouth and reverted. Shook her very gently before he let her. I worry about you, too. Out here with just Maudie and the boys. Maybe it won't hurt to let Cash teach you how to target you. Nobody knows more about guns than he does. Well, except me. He added in that deep home tone that ripped down her backbone like velvet. His power of her body tense just like Christina Bell. So you don't want me to teach you to shoot a pistol? He added suddenly. I don't want to impose on your free time, Judd, she said without making a point of it. You work hard enough to deserve a little relaxation. Are you trying to tell me something? He asked Kirsty. Not a thing, actually, except that I know you like to spend your free time with Miss Moore. His eyes nailed on her. Are you jealous? He asked in a slow, soft tone, as if he'd only just thought of it as a possibility. She caught her breath. Her heart was running away, and she couldn't risk betraying how she felt. She didn't want to trap him or making him feel sorry for her. It's a paper marriage, Judd. You said so yourself. You can do whatever you like, she added bluntly. She didn't dare add that she was investigating cup fences and poison cattle, and that Cash was the only person she could talk to about it. Let Cash teach me to shoot the pistol. He likes spending time with me. Now the pause was long and heated. He didn't say another word, but he breathed with such control that she knew he was furious. She didn't know why. He was obviously smitten with Tippy Moore, so why should he care if she got shooting lessons from Cash? Maybe it was a male thing. There were so many male rituals that women never quite understand. I won't come in, said Corley. I'll see you next week. Sure. Thanks for the ride. She didn't look back as she mounted the porch. She went straight into the front door and tripped over a power cord, falling headfirst into a chair and ruining a scene she didn't realize they'd been shooting.
Oh, that's just perfect. After the 16th take, the assistant director, Gary Mays, bit off furiously. While the star, Ranch Wayne, and two minor actors in the scene gaped at him. You stupid, clumsy woman. Christina Bell pulled herself up with the help of the cameraman and righted herself quickly. She stomped right up to the assistant director and glared up at him. You listen to me, you half-assed, bad temper, would-be tyrant. This is my damn living room you're standing in. I've been walking around here on eggshells for day, trying to keep out of the way, and it's not my fault. This place is wired like a minefield with electrical cords. There wasn't even a sign-up that said you were working in here. If you want privacy, you make a sign and you use it when you're shooting. Keep a civil tongue in your thick head when you talk to me. Do you understand me? The assistant director gasped and stumbled over words as the actors, the sound man, the cameraman, and the support crew chuckled audibly. There's another laugh behind her, deep and slow and appreciative. <laughs> She's got a temper, Gary. Judd told the assistant director, it doesn't pay to make her lose it. So I see. Gary laughed, but without any real humor. Sorry, Miss Gaines, he murmured reluctantly. She nodded curtly. That'll do. She gave Judd a curious glance before she hadn't because she hadn't expected him to come into the house, she didn't know that he'd seen her fall and had rushed back into the door to make sure she wasn't hurt. Now he just looked at her with an odd shimmering look in his black eyes. We'll put up a sign next time, Gary said, turning around. You okay? Just asked quietly, moving closer to study her. She nodded. Glad everybody's concerned. Just unsettled, I hit lights, he nodded, too. But the way he looked at her... But was different, new, unfamiliar. She puzzled over that look all night and never did figure it out. Tippy Moore was furious, and she didn't pull any punches. She was waiting for Christie the next morning before the big generation generators were turned on. You tell that that small town excuse for a policeman that I wear whatever shoes I like. She gritted her green eyes blazing. Chrissy's eyes popped. Excuse me? I can so walk in them to be continued unabated. And he can and he can just not talk to me from now on forever. I was only being friendly. God knows why. She was too surprised to answer. The other woman was fuming. I wasn't flirty with him, Tippy Moore continued. I was trying to be civil. He made me feel like a case of measles. Well, I'm not interested in some small-town hit cop. Not when I can have any man I like. You tell him that. Chrissy found the woman's response to Cash's attitude curious, to say the least. Cash doesn't like women, she said, trying to soften the blow. She couldn't tell the model why Cash reacted that way to It was her business. He likes you, came the sharp reply, followed by a look that plainly shouted. God knows why. I'm just a rancher, Christy said gently. I don't dress up or flirt or threaten him in any way. We're friends. The other woman was so angry. I bet you were spoiled rotten as a kid, she muttered. Pampered and fussed over and given anything you ever wanted. Daddy's little treasure, she had it sarcastically. <sighs> Christy's face tautened. You don't get spoiled on a ranch, Miss Moore, she replied coolly. There isn't time. Everybody pulls his or her weight, or the whole outfit goes on the skits. Why does Judd spend so much time here, she asked. Christy's eyebrows walked. He owns half the ranch. It takes both of us to keep it running, and the only money coming in is what Judd makes, and what we're getting to let you film the movie here. 
So that's why Tiffany Mummer is totally an extra special. I thought Texas Rangers made a lot of money. They're special. More special than you know. Chrissy told her feeling resentful and more than a little protective of her husband. But they don't make pricely salaries. And it takes a lot to run a cattle ranch. Why doesn't he sell up? Because I can't afford to buy him out, she said flatly. This may not look like much to you, but it's been in my family and Judd's for over a hundred years. Neither of us would sell it unless we were starving. It's just a piece of dirt with a little grass on it. Chrissy's brown eyes narrowed cold. Family matters. Tradition matters. Duty and honor and responsibility matters. Money does not. She added flatly, with an edge in her voice that was unmistakable as she gave the model along an insulting scrutiny. Tiffy lifted her chin up. Do you love Judd? Judd is my business partner, Chrissy began short. Good. See that you don't get any ideas about him, Tiffy. I have plans for him. How's what, your valet? Chrissy asked, too angry to choose her words. Or do you just collect men as you go along and add them up to buy the presents you get? One man would never be enough for a woman like you anyway, I imagine. Tiffy's face rose, her hands clenched at her sides. You know nothing about me, and you know nothing about me, Kim replied. Don't ever warn me off Judd again. He and I have known each other since I was in patent leather shoes. I don't think you'll cut me out of his life for an acquaintance of a few weeks, Miss Moore. Judd may be diverted by a pretty face and figure, but he's not stupid. He can see right through the gloss to the ugliness. Tippy's breath caught, then she smiled coolly. So this is a contest you've already lost, Tippy drawled softly, green eyes. Judd will do anything I want him to. Money's tight, is it? Then how could he afford to buy me this? The model held up her hand and flashed an emerald ring that would have cost in hundreds, if not thousands. Chrissy felt sick at her stomach. Judd wasn't one to buy presents for women, except at Christmas, and that was always something useful rather than frivolous. He'd given Chrissy a leather jacket last year for him to buy something expensive as that ring. He had to be head over heels in love with the woman. Chrissy didn't say another word. Her heart felt as if it had been shattered. She lowered her eyes and turned away, walking back to the house with her back as straight as an arrow. Behind her, the red-headed woman grimaced and set her beautiful lips together hard. Tippy actually winced as she watched the young woman walk away with that steely pride visible in her very carriage. Booming on the ranch ended a few days. Ended after a few days while the crew moved into town for a week to do some shooting there. Christina Bell had the house to herself temporarily, except for the equipment left in the place that had to be walked around in the big trucks it belonged in. Judd didn't come until the next Wednesday, and when he did, he had Tippy with him. Chrissy had just sat on a horse and was leading him out of the barn when they drove up the steps. She was packing a borrowed, she was packing a borrowed rifle and the scat bar slung from the pommel, and wearing boots and denim jeans and a jacket with a weather-beaten black Stetson pushed firmly on the top of her blonde hair. Where are you going? Judd asked as he helped Tippy out of the vehicle. The model was wearing a green silk dress that looked simple and probably cost the earth. Compared to Kristen Bell, she was dressed in a queenly manner. The dress matched the emerald and diamond ring Judge had bought her. It sparkled in the sunlight and hit Christy right in the heart. I'm riding fence lines, Christy and Bell told him without infliction. She didn't add that another fence had been cut. Nick had just phoned the house 
for his cell phone to tell her about it. He and the two part-time boys were still out there waiting for her. In the middle of the day, Judd asked Growlin as he checked the watch and wrist. We came to have lunch with you. We can have it with Marty, she told him, moving to swing gracefully into the saddle. I've got work to do. Why aren't you in school today? He persisted, bothered by her lack of animation. My math teacher had a sick child, and my English teacher came to classes to go to a funeral. He noted the rifles. Why are you packing a gun? She gathered the reins close in her gloved hands and glared down at him. Tippy was standing close at his side, too close. I always carry a rifle, she said. The men spotted a wolf. You can't shoot it, Joe said. It's against the law. I too know that, she replied seriously. But I can't shoot at its heels and frighten it off if it threatens the cattle. Her face was flushed with bad temper. What have you eaten? Heavens, he was persistent. I had breakfast, she told him. I don't usually eat lunch anyway. I've got to go. She turned the horse without acknowledgement or even looking at Tippy and rode off before he had time for another word. I don't like this. Something's up. She's not herself. The model clutched his arm and first smiled. I really could eat something, Judge. He said, come on. Teenagers have these mood swings. I did when I was her age. She's 20 years old, almost 21. That was a shock. Tippy had thought the woman was a lot younger. It altered her perceptive perception of a rival. The ring she was wearing had hurt Chrissy. She couldn't care, of course. That's still not very old, to be honest. She's at the age where she can get over things easily, she said, more for her own benefit than his. Come on, feed me. He was watching Christina Bell right away, and he felt empty. She hadn't met his eyes. She hadn't smiled at him. And why would she need a rifle? In fact, why was she riding fence alone? He wanted answers. The minute he got Tippy back to the location set in town, he was going to get them out of Christina Bell. Christy found their foreman, Nick and Brad, one of their three part-time men, kneeling beside a bull in the pasture where the new fence line had been cut. Fearing the worst, she swung out of the saddle and knelt beside the bull. It was a heifering bull, but the best one of the hat. Damn it! She cursed. I'm sorry, Nick told her. I thought these bulls would be safe. I should have known better. It's not your fault, Nick, but this time I'm getting answers. I want a vet out here right now and a blood sample taken. This bull was poisoned like the others. I want proof. I'll quit school and get a job to pay him if I have to. I'll phone the vet right now, Nick assured her. She patted the young bull's head and could have cried. She had such hopes for him in their new crossbreed program. He looked so helpless, so vulnerable, like that. Involuntarily, she remembered what Judd had told her about the human murder victim. She got up and went to the fence, checking where it was cut. The method was the same on the two previous cut fences. The same person she sided with helpless for someone was trying to put them out of business. It had to be Jack Clark. But how in the world was she going to prove it? Nick got off the phone and came back. The vet said he'll be over about five. He'll phone me when he's on the way. We should get photos of the cut fence. He had I saved the other wire just like you asked. That should be photographed too. And you should tell Judd or at least the sheriff's department said for me. It isn't safe for you to be riding out here alone, not even with a rifle. She knew he was right, but it hurts a minute. Not that she was going to do what he said. We'll get one of the men to ride fence with me from now on. She lied convincingly. Good. Nick walked with her to her horse. I'll get some film and use the bunkhouse camera to get photos of the camp carcass. Judd has enough on his plate right now with the investigation he's got going up in Victoria. I don't want him worrying about us as well. He owns part of the ranch. She was minor for him. He has every right to know what's going on. I told him what was going on weeks ago and he wouldn't listen. 
truth why shortly. He thinks I'm making it up, but it's a bid for attention. Besides, he's so wrapped up with that red-headed model that he doesn't even hear me. She's, well, sorry. He's got a lot on his mind. So have I. Nick studied her with compassion, but he's worrying the show. If he asks me, Chrissy, I've got to tell him. She said, do what you have to, Nick, but not unless he asks. Deal? His mouth, deal. And I want to know what the vet finds. Sure thing. She turned the horse and rode back toward the ranch, but halfway there, she dismounted under a spreading pecan tree and sat down under it. No way was she going back home until Judd and his girlfriend finished lunch and went away. It had started out to be a bad started out to be a bad day and just kept getting worse, she thought miserably. End of chapter six.